Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. You are on Community Radio 3CR. This is the Spoken Word Programme, and I am George O'Hara. Today, we have a live recording from the Dan O'Connell Hotel with the feature poet Kevin Pearson. Kevin was born in Caulfield, Melbourne in 1946 and grew up on the working-class side of the racecourse. He has survived fire, lightning and gunshots. He has been a steel tier in the building industry, once established a crosswords company and has worked in printing and as a publisher. He has also been an art critic, a journalist, editor and anthologist. He returned to his grey city of Melbourne after 18 years away, including in the South Pacific and Adelaide. In late 1994, he founded Black Pepper with Gail Hanna. He has published six collections of poetry, including two featuring his existential dubious hero, The Apparition. He is working on a new collection called The Complete Apparition. And now for part one. Thanks, Norman, and uh, thank you all for coming. If you've heard of me, it was a rumour. I have never been distinguished or in the foreground or against the backdrop and the beggars are out on the street tonight as I am in the cut glass hair on the street where tables flourish on footpaths and blue smoke rises like the end of thought here where the last seek retribution and the moneyed overheard can plot a new assault on real estate. I drift and sometimes take a seat as unoccupied as a vacant wish and lift the lighter to a cigarette, the flame as brief as an epitaph. Being incognito and unknown, the options dictate I should sit. My prowl from place to another place, cruelly clung to outside hope that one who imagines me will step, will stop. Knowing to lose the sense of the street is to lose the appetite for life. Um, that is the first poem from uh, from my book, The Apparition at Large. I nearly forgot the title. Um, I read it um, to give you some sense of the apparition. He is uh, 
a character who exists as all ghosts do only when they are perceived I had thought of this book as my last apparition book and indeed in some ways as my last book but uh, a number of people asked me what's happened to the apparition well it got me started on some new apparition poems I couldn't begin them at first because as you heard in that one it's a first person we're hearing everything from the apparition's point of view and then I struck on the thought what if we heard of the apparition from those who perceived him his observers the um, witnesses for the prosecution so this is from the new book uh, Okay, the calling. Naturally retiring and not a front man. He's reluctant to return, but by request, which was his modus operandi anyway. But now, enchanted, he retrieves his hat from off its hook. He must have heard a call. He gathers himself. He passes through the door. He doesn't concern the figures in the street, and his departure is of no concern. Though pleasures of anonymity are few, where one has cried aloud for recognition, or another craves a mark to dodge the mob, his footsteps have an equilibrium. No mass hysteria ever could persuade him on St. Peter's balcony or in Tiemann Square, but roads or floorboards or a verge of grass that are the ways by which he finds his way can summon him like an hypothesis. Had he a one, he'd flourish his silk, skirt, silk scarf. If there is somewhere a wind that stirs a hem or flusters rubbish as though it were a hint, it is enough that he should be uncertain, a consummation few would care to live with. Now he's up and about as if brand new, brand new arms spread out in wonder, taken by surprise, off to gesture, in ways unimagined. Inadequacies of the handbook. Um, no matter how he practiced, from the pulpit or in a mirror, he could never master megalomania by himself he consulted theologians the wise ones and the shamans commentators and the scholars young tyros and their elders those naked or in robes spin meisters or spin bowlers but nothing they could teach in performance or rehearsal in empty or full hall could help him overreach he looked up from a mountain. Uh, he knelt upon the plain. He, 
<laughs> Sorry, I'll start one. He, lo he looked up from the mountain. He knelt upon the plain. He tested out high podiums. He stood alone in stadiums. He took the head of table but couldn't get a handle on. He couldn't cotton onto it in blue morning or grey evening. No matter how he tried, he found he'd no approach to megalomania by himself. in place. The discrepancy between the time on wristwatch and the mantle clock is where the apparition lives. Some say it's on the outskirts of Great Yawn, a city in a low depression on the plain of small hiatus. The resident still has some pride if furnishings aren't what they were and possums colonize the roof. The nosy parker over the way sees no deliveries or utilities bills. A blackbird sings on a nude hill's hoist. There is no vehicle in the garage or a rusted tricycle in the yard. The permit only spot is vacant. At front or back, there's a door ajar. Faulty lock or wind could be the culprit. There's been an entrance or escape. He always goes by private transport and is always ushered by another. Neighbors neither greet nor wave. global positioning system. After all, we've got to find him. Um, pencil moustache and a silk cravat. Cigarette held at an angled poise. Almost a poster for a gentleman's club. With bent elbow on the mantelpiece gaze on streets where we see in the mirror behind. You'd think, he'd ha you'd think he'd have made a spiffy postcard if the dozy printers had set the press. Lit only by its lead display, he sighs to hear the multi-function in gloss colours splendid boast unrelentingly repeat invitations to a preview screening of extreme reality rotary ho devised to frill but not disturb between nostalgia and tomorrow you'll find the apparition's form Give that one. Um, before back up beyond, he of course um, <laughs> has antecedents and um, mythologies attached to him. Uh, before back up beyond, where it's where the tracks exhausted, far beyond the dingo's cry. 
Where lizards flee and all the breeze lives deep below the sand. Before an eye had seen the flat horizons, legends of the desert people swear that at the center of where the earth meets sky, there arose a tiny, mighty shimmer which traveled like a drift of homeless floating, but with the purpose of a firm intent towards a watcher who would soon arrive, or when arrived, would prove mirage. In dwellings underground, away from heat, at level crossings stalled by a haulage train, on an outside dunny twilight full of stars, a last brew wren tail flicking in dry glass, tired head by a window of an overland express, on veranda of a pub to catch a breeze by waterway or salt pan, companioned or alone, deranged, uh, disengaged from immediate surrounds, inhabitants for a moment, dwelling in the moment, see, as though it was from ancestry, a figure which thought cannot retain, or that leeches out into the sand. Backpacker, or host, or homeowner, or a swaggy, shy, or proud, or steady, or eccentric, no one could discuss in homestead, or in club, at mobile library stop-up, huddled by quick rain, or at a picnic table with brother, or with an intimate, in daylight, or in a cleft recess at night, even when induced by wind chime, what disturbed them at the edge of vision, for fear the others would have, would have no belief, for courage is required to be the fool in public where embarrassment is king. One of, the, uh, one of the things you can do with an apparition, of course, is give him adventures. And I decided to um, bump him into Parliament. This is... <laughs> this is... <laughs> this is, yeah. There'll be more songs in the second half, you'll see. Um, and this is called Court of Disputed Returns. Like a preference, he is allocated. I'm untimely member of your Senate. When he rises to address the chamber, he delivers his only speech. Controllers of the dispatch box and those who put me in this place, although I am of some dispute, and like the bushfire is to leaf, not liable to see a full term out, get pre-selection or a revival. I merely say what you would say if you too faced obliteration, not in a cosy free-year term, but fickly as the public turns away in worldly pursuit of wealth, a coffee on the terrace or a needle. As quick as that, I am disappeared. Unassisted by a lobby group 
or by groupies drawn to power. I'm, uh, I'm little time, I've little time but time enough to exhort, conjole, to beg you stop and think. Countrymen and women of Australia, don't presume because your block of land is sewered you do not have glaucoma. It is as though you're in a non-alcoholic pub, the Buddha's arms, and yearn to have a malt whiskey for dry lips and for the stomach, although no one's there to service that raw need, which truthfully is small beer. Now, all of that is weighted in the balance. A wink is a long time in politics. And those who make decisions take an hour to let prejudice decide a cause. Reports commissioned tell the tale intended. Only science, scientists are blinded by the science. Waves are lapping over our beloved islands. All you do is hesitate and bluster. There'll be no generations to remember. The members and the gallery respond. Flip him over with a feather boa. It's not his place. This is not his place. This, uh, this poem uh, draws on a, on a vision by Sister Finton. Um, we think uh, it was probably near St. Anthony's Parish, but we don't know, and it starts anyway. You shall hear, we think, however, she was um, disturbed by uh, all the current hype uh, surrounding Anzac. Scarecrow by another name. Ah, the whisper goes around the showground. It is heard in Fitzroy and on Fitzroy Street. The speaker raises it in the house. The historians are puddle, puzzled in advance. The tittle-tattle has so much attention. Churches declare adherence chivalrous. Prevention must be tried. It has no curb. Peak bodies meet to rise to the occasion. Campaigns are mounted on a massive scale. Others recommend it be ignored. One man just laughed, then hid, hid for life in shame. A woman said, at last, and so was tranquil. Insurance companies vowed they'd not pay out. Disapproval nourishes larger fears that previous proceedings may be failing. The chair each sat on simply fell apart. Messiah, prophet, chairman and first minister were at a loss in their collective prayers. It's not the thought they thought the public knew 
with origins so slim it should have slid out with the water from the morning shower. The origin was on a harmless afternoon near the end of playtime at the convent school where Sister Fenton rang the recess bell. She thought she saw a figure on the mound beyond the wire mesh, mesh fence who seemed to speak if mouthings to the empty air are speech. Yet she wrote the ramblings on the blackboard recording for erasure his problematic sayings. A pupil told the story to her mother who told her workplace and so the leak went on delight in the loopy keeping up the chain what she chalked up was a plea or plaint the coward is the meek as action hero the coward is the one who shows the way. He is not a zealot, but feels what he believes. In, do in days of hype, a coward is authentic. The coward doesn't dress for the occasion. He's more likely than the warrior to have another day. There is no glass ceiling to be broken for the coward. Rainforests, tundra, tropics accommodate the coward. When you flinch, you partake of the coward. The coward is no careerist. He can hide his virtue. Cowards know all war is a war crime. The coward is the citizen in us all. Walk hand in hand, my darlings, with the coward. Hesitation is a virtue of the coward. Only the coward's genes can bring us peace. Sister, fin uh, Sister Finton confessed to Father Gleeson. I've seen him in the cloisters. He is the apparition. on his outlook for the gracious call solo or a cappella to identify his there on his way along the Yarra with its unpretentious water which has a touch of menace like the wonderland in Alice and he is prone to ponder on one <coughs> who could uh, on one who could conjure him there with a gesture hoping in the presence of the lapping sound of silence that the waves of greater shorelines can open out confines till we notice of an evening our capacity for grieving for those who found the pulse who are close to us and take the time to cleave to another as belief our relations are for us our relations to a chorus 
And we know what is final in a hymnal or on vinyl. It isn't long that we will know them. It is best that we remind them. <laughs> and a bit of fun to conclude this bracket. A to Z. The hypster checks the volume. The spinner eyes the angle. You move left or right. They have you by the ankle. There's nothing now that's precious in a suburb or a parish, so you will hardly notice how readily you're helpless in the face of your persuader, who's as suave as patent leather on the feet of a, f a 50s rocker or the sandals of your saviour. We know them by their sellouts, those who have betrayed us. But when we cry out, Jesus, we know that them is us. The hypster checks the volume, the spinner eyes the angle. You move left or right, they have you by the ankle. It was song and it was homily, sung on any Sunday, sung late and so was crazy from the apparition to the zombie. You are listening to 3CR Spoken Word and a live recording of Kevin Pearson. A quick word about some live poetry gigs in Melbourne. The Dan O'Connell Hotel Carlton has poetry on every Saturday afternoon and Passionate Tongues is at the Brunswick Hotel every second Monday night. Westward happens out at the Dancing Dog in Footscray twice a month on Sunday afternoons. Voices in the Attic is run fortnightly on Tuesday evenings at Ferdidirk Levels 1 and 2, 239 Lonsdale Street. And House of Bricks, on or near the last day of every month, run by our very own Santo Cassati, corner of Bud and Kill Streets, Collingwood. All these gigs have open mics if you'd like to try your hand at sharing your work with others, or you can just go to listen. Check out the website, melbournespokenword.com, to find out more about the scene. And now, the second set of Kevin Pearson. Close your eyes and pretend I'm not here. Comrades, after the ink spots, those comrades are or seem alive in memory. His echo, his shadow, and him. They're not a firm or former quorum. His echo, his shadow, or him. What use is the daylight, raw exposure of daylight? He walks with his shadow, he talks with his echo. But where is his shadow at night? They'll wait on a whim till an end of days come. His echo, his shadow, and him. Those three, they're all alone, each to his own. Each cried aloud, that's him. That, that's his echo, his shadow, and him. Those three don't make a crowd. In fact, they're not neighborly. You know, he's been puzzling. How good is the daylight? 
raw exposure to daylight that shines on and on all about. Yet he walks with his shadow, he talks with his echo, but where is his shadow at night? They'll await on a whim till an end of days come. His echo, his shadow, and him. Untitled in Gaza. Take your nanotech invisibility cloak, your altering of particles in this world or the next, across to Yarrawonga, to a shop girl scorned, and she will tell you, brother, how it hurts to be unseen, he said while stepping backwards, though looking to come in. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. 3CR Spoken Word is on every Thursday morning from 9 till 9.30 on 8.55 on the AM dial and web-streamed on www.3cr.org.au. We also do podcasts. So until next time, this is George O'Hara for 3CR Spoken Word. (laughs) 